0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative and Balanced Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and it's great to be back throwing another episode your way. We got a great one today. My guest today goes by the name Big Bob, and he is a literal giant 6'11". His real name is Robert Malcolm II. And he is pretty much a legend in the city of Toronto. I've recently met him through our past guest comedian-actor Lars Classington. And Lars explains him as almost this mythical creature. And we get into the story of how they met. ...and how it spawned their collaboration, which is called 39 Drunk and Disorderlies. It's a live podcast in front of a live audience. Usually Lars will host a comedy night, have some comedians up, and then they tape this podcast featuring Big Bob. And what's amazing about a bit of the origins of this podcast is it wasn't meant to be a podcast. Um, Lars met him in his travels of being an actor... Apparently, legend has it, they went out for some beers, and Bob started telling stories, and has endless stories of just craziness, debauchery. He's been in the Toronto nightlife scene for over 20 years, in the punk rock scene, and as a bouncer at so many bars and different venues, and has the wildest tales. So Lars and the other producer of 39 Drunken Disorderlies wanted to turn these stories into either like a movie script or a series. And as they met up with him and was picking his brain, they realized they need to start recording this and which spawned 39 Drunken Disorderlies, the live podcast, which is still going right now. And even though this, this podcast has a lot of momentum, they still have in mind to create a script behind it and take the best of the best and mash it into one. And I think that's just totally awesome. And today you're gonna meet Big Bob. He came into the talk shoe studio. And actually on this episode, you're gonna hear a different side of Big Bob if you're if you've ever listened to thirty-nine drunk disorderlies. You hear about the mayhem, you hear about the debauchery, you hear about the late nights being drunk and stoned and all this crazy shit happening. But Bob is kind of a yin-yang of a person. He's a very sweet, gentle guy. He's also very intelligent, a linguist. He's a writer. And we really tap into that side. And um, I'm going to say, I thought going into this episode, we were going to talk about kind of all the craziness adventures, but um, this one gets very philosophical. We talk about just life as a creative and an artist and we both totally got lost in this conversation and it went, felt like it went by in in a flash, like five minutes, but, uh, Usually that's a sign of a good episode. So yeah, I'm excited to throw this one your way. And once again, if you want to check out some of these insane stories, check out 39 Drunk and Disorderlies. And again, that's produced by Lars Classington. And Lars also has a great business slash community called Laughing Vikings. If you're an actor or a performer and you want to hone your skills, make some audition tapes or anything like that, Lars has the space and resources for you. He's located at Queen in Broadview in Toronto, Ontario. And again, if that if you're an aspiring actor, actress, comedian, etc., you got to check it out because um, even beyond the space and the resources that can help you go into auditions and all that, he's just honed this awesome community of amazing people who all support each other whether it's Lars's comedy show whether it's the podcast whether it's people doing other things it's it's just really cool to see so yeah check it out laughing vikings and 39 drunken disorderlies and I believe that's all I gotta say for an intro reminder if you're listening to this on Spotify iTunes Stitcher Google Play or any of your favorite podcasting apps each one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see pictures of Bob in the studio and links to the 39 Drunk and Disorderly podcast if you want to hear some of these crazy stories, okay? So check it out. And without further ado, here's Big Bob coming at you right now! <laughs>
1: In session. Yeah, no the the format that we shoot too is the same thing. It's like yeah, like yeah. we often just say shit we're not supposed to say, and then we sort of look at each other and go, "Fuck it." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Especially that's interesting too because um that format is like a live show as well, like in front of an audience sometimes yeah. and everything.
1: And that just changes the dynamic for sure because you can get away with a little more if the crowd is playing with it. It's a little less. Uh, What did you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, we're definitely going to get into that live show. I've been recording that little (laughs) tidbit there, too, but uh, I feel like I need to go back in history with you, Bob. It's like uh, I I know you from the podcast, met you through Lars and everything, and uh, you seem to be this... Toronto local legend. Um, <laughs> Lars mentioned like almost like a mythical creature of yeah. the city. And <laughs>
1: Possibly a legend of my own mind more than anywhere else, yeah. but yeah, it's I true. don't know
0: about that because I, I also want to mention, I think I told you this at Lars's party, that um, I was randomly, or I was at Lee's Palace, I did an episode of the show uh, with King Dude who right. was playing, and um, my buddy was just talking to me out in the open, and uh, was all of a sudden this girl like overheard us and turned to us and was like oh uh like podcasting hey eh? you should you should check out uh my boyfriend's podcast i'm like who's your boyfriend he's like <laughs> she's like big bob <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's everybody like knows you and so like, you're like connected to everybody but um, again that starts yeah.
1: just by being in the scene for so many fucking years mhm like i started being a bouncer when i was 17 18 yeah yeah and It's amazing when you work at like 100 different clubs over the years, you meet so many people. And I don't remember like 95% of them because for me, it's a one-night thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. They see me and they're like, oh, it's a giant guy. He was great. It was awesome. It was fantastic. But I see 5,000 people a day. So it's like, okay, hey, it's good to see you. Nice, awesome. But their memories linger so much longer than mine. Mm -hmm. You know, Ten years later, all of a sudden you have a guy, remember that night at that club when you did that thing? And I was like... No, I really don't. But I'm glad I made an impression because you seem really pleased, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like even like from your looks and your personality, you're very social. Like, well, I that's know, another yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: I've always believed that as as a, as a bouncer, people forget this: it's a customer service job. Mm-hmm. So many guys. Okay, for all the bouncers out there, keep this in mind: it's a customer service job. If you're not nice to people, you're not friendly with them. They're gonna have a shitty night. Mm-hmm. Like you're the first person they meet and the last person they talk to. You can change the entire vibe of their day in two seconds
0: that's so true and that's that's a cool way to put it too um i've came across like some bouncers where it just seems like they have like kind of like this chip on their shoulder before you even step in the door that's right. too, where you are kind of like hey welcome to the party let's come on in the- man
1: welcome to it yeah absolutely because i mean i've had the same experience i've had bouncers you walk up the front door and your first interaction is negative and then you get to the bar, and it's sort of like a passive forward thing, right? You get to the bar, and you're already kind of, you're already kind of pissed off. You're like, "Wow, that guy was rude. That was unnecessary." And the bartender's like, "How's it going?" You're like, "You know what? I don't care. Give me a beer." And then you, you pass that attitude to, you know, to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. It's, it's a chain
0: reaction, right? Yeah, yeah. Vibes are infectious, man. And even, like, I've, I can see that, too. Like, you treating people coming to the door that way. Them showing maybe an extra layer of respect to the establishment and less problems happening.
1: Absolutely. Because, again, it's that pass it forward mentality. They walk in with a smile on their face. And the bartender's like, oh, look at that guy. He's smiling. He's happy. What, what do you want, man? Yeah. And that guy's like, oh, look at me. I'm having a great night. And carries on from there. You can also change someone's vibe for the positive if they're in a bad mood, too. Mm-hmm. just a matter of being patient with people. Because you recognize, after doing this forever, I and mean, I've recognized anyway, that everyone has a bad day. True. And walking up the door, you're not, you know, I don't know what your day was like. I have no idea whether, like, your grandmother died or you just wrecked your car this afternoon or, you know. So being a little bit more patient, just a little bit more accepting of people's days can yeah, change yeah. everything, right? Facts
0: and that, that should that attitude should be taken everywhere. I you know, agree, like, like on the streets. I agree. And just I don't know. It's I find like some people, I don't know. There's it's 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 interesting too. I don't want to generalize Toronto too, but lots of people like kind of. Oh, I'm gonna I don't generalize. I, yeah, I, 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 I feel like sometimes just like walking into different establishments and like just the busy pace of the yeah. city causes like. Um, an extra layer of stress in a way. And some people don't know how to channel it in a way and it'll turn into like being projected on other people. Absolutely. Well. well,
1: it's easy to get angry and it's easy to be bitter and, and pissy when you stand in line for two hours and stuff. Yeah. But I guess it's sometimes hard to remember the guy standing next to you has been standing in line for two hours too. Yeah. And the one behind the counter or the guy behind the counter has been dealing with people who've been standing in line for two hours for the last however long. And that's all difficult. I think if we took a little bit of time, just generally as people, to recognize that it's not that easy just to be alive. It's sometimes very difficult. Facts and give people a little bit of you know courtesy or just leeway
0: mm-hmm. for that. We'd all be happier. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool to uh, like pick your brain. too, even like uh, when I really got to talk to you at uh, Lars' party too, is because I only knew you from the live podcast, right? So, and uh, you guys just. No, no filter, nothing. Just no. going right to the extreme of like some of the craziest stories you had in your yeah. life. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's this a is lot. turning into like a huge series and everything. Yeah, it's like, amazing.
1: It's amazing just to think all the idiot, stupid things that I did that I never think twice of when I was doing them are now like <clears throat> fodder for other people's imagination. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's also like interesting to me too because it's like you kind of have like a yin yang personality in a way where it's like you have all these wild stories of debauchery and just madness but also like when you talk to you uh you're just like a sweet dude and even at that party you were like kind of telling me you're kind of like a linguist and a writer you you told me what posh meant like the acronym oh, yeah. and like you you're just yeah. like a very intelligent guy so one thing I want to shine a light on on this episode too if people are only listening to you on like 39 DD um, just talk about the craziness that you. You're also like a very intelligent man as well. well. the thing is, I think part
1: of that is that people's persona of what nightlife is 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 polluted by you know the Instagram world of of you know, people passed out drunk on the sidewalk and even my stories of being debauched and drunk and crazy and high and all that stuff that's only part of one's life yeah yeah i mean it's that's actually a relatively small segment because most of the time you know i'm not just sitting in the bathroom shaving like having a rock outfit like busting the champagne like that's just like morning shit people do right Yeah. i'm a painter and a sculptor i was an art major in school and that kind of led into a lot of the other crazy shit because art people are just the most fun i mean it's just the way it is already creative already willing to try fantastic and new things you know Down so for the experience, yeah, yeah. So you get out there and do these things, and for me, that's what it always was. It wasn't so much trying to prove anything to anybody,
0: yeah. Just, I
1: yeah. just wanted to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. I wanted to.
1: I wanted to be there. Know it was what you know. And when I was growing up, it was punk rock. For my crew, it was just so that's the thing. We got heavily into the new wave punk rock scene, and just all of that was just wild. Everything was what you know. People giving each other ear piercings with bobby pins and, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. trying to do tattoos with pens at parties when you're too drunk. And that was just <laughs> what we did when we were 15, 16. It was just like that stupidity. But the undercurrent to that was a lot of these people were theater people or art people or music people. And so on the sidelines from the party life, there was an enormous number of artistic endeavors sort of carried over.
0: Yeah.
1: And that lends itself to being well-read. It lends itself to being... Richmond intelligent it lends itself to all kinds of other intellectual experiences besides, you know, drinking till you fall down and get arrested.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I know I've made my reputation on my nightlife for the most part, mm-hmm. but that's because I'm a quiet, personal person. Like I, as we we're talking about this, I don't do a lot of you know social media stuff because my personal life's boring, and not only that, it's personal. Like I'm an artist, but there's not much to say about that. I paint and I sculpt. So in my own time, I spend a lot of time in the week in the studio in the basement, just covered in acrylic paints and listening to you know crappy news podcasts and you know stuff that I'm really interested in, but just current affairs things. While I'm yeah, expressing yeah.
0: myself, you're kind of like doing it for you. Where I yeah. find lots of people they have uh, social media to almost say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." In a way, where it's uh, you know, it's like almost. Maybe they're not doing the things they're doing for themselves they're trying to like project some certain image well
1: or, art is one of those tricky concepts, yeah. in, especially in Toronto, I think, because there's a lot of people who I would say prefer to look like artists than to actually be artists
0: mm, yeah yeah,
1: like the image of being a creative up and coming artist is more important than having any talent or or <laughs> i don't mean to be raw about it, but hey. you see a lot, you see <laughs> a lot like, of you see yeah, a lot yeah. of people out there who are like, "Well, look at my, and it's like." Whoa. What is that? You yeah, know, is yeah. that actually art or are you Just facebooking something for the sake of you know your personality, right?
0: Yeah, true. I see a lot of people too, um, where they'll claim they're an expert at something, but they just more look the image. <laughs> yeah, where it's like they almost don't want to uh, put in the work. It's like I've, I'm like kind of in different communities where. Uh, like, I meet a lot of different comics and like battle rappers, and there's always a few people who linger around those scenes like that. It's just like they're on like all the web forums. Like, people yeah. know who they are, but it's like, hey, groupies, man. But yeah, yeah. There's what's the word for male groupies? Like, <laughs> the same movie. thing. There's still a yeah, yeah. group. Moopies. It's yeah. the same thing. It's, but, I think,
1: I think that word's actually, I think that word genosexual.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's like they're just kind of. It's cool to be a fan of things, but like to look the part and like almost be a poser or something else. Yeah, that's the word I think I'm digging for. Yeah, the poser. Now, if you
1: want to be something, put the time in, do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that always frustrated me as a painter is Sunday painters. Mm -hmm. People kind of be like, "Oh, yeah, I paint." Like, well, do do you? Do you spend like 14 hours a week in a studio doing something? No, no. I'm like, you know, occasionally I like grab a brush and do some. Well, that's not really painting, man.
0: Yeah, true. It's like you got to make it part it's of like your life. It's like
1: music. If you yeah. don't actually I, – I, I played in a lot of bands. I played a lot of music. But I don't call myself a musician because I don't have the discipline to like sit there for six or seven hours a day and make a guitar or sing. I don't have it. Yeah, yeah. When I get in front of the microphone, I sing because I, I have a voice. I mean today I don't. I'm suffering from the, the winter blahs. But when you, when you are a musician, and I refuse to call myself one, it's because you put the dedication in to make that not just something you do but part of who you are.
0: Yeah. True. True. You
1: know, and the posers yeah. don't do that. They just yeah. put, they put the hat on, they wear the jacket. They're like, "I'm here because I am this scene." But it's like, well, no, you're here because you want to be part of the scene. Yeah. But you're really
0: not. It's interesting. I'm I'm actually extra conscious about that too. It's like, um, it's even some of my friends. Um, and I, I even met Lars from uh, Dabbling in Stand Up Comedy. Right. But some people like may have saw me the first time doing that, and um, they'll introduce me to somebody else. And they'll be like, oh, this is my friend Sean. He's a stand-up com. I'm like, I'm not a stand-up com. I'm a guy who has done comedy. I'm. I'm there's no... I'm not putting the work in. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, like, I, I think it's I'm like actually... It's like once or twice a year. Like, I will never label myself as a I comic know exactly annoyed. what you mean. Yeah. And it's
1: funny. I think I've actually, in some senses, stagnated myself from things I might be able to do. Yeah. Because I am hyper-vigilant of appearing to be something that I'm not. I just... For me, being real, being who you are every day... So much more important than, in some cases, even reaching for things that I could possibly do. Yeah. Some people say to me, oh, you could probably do stand-up. You're a pretty funny guy. And I'm like, well, maybe I
0: could. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with doing it, too. No, I mean, not at really all. Know. But
1: what scares me off from doing so, at least has so far, is exactly that. I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to say, okay, look, I'm going to sit down. I'm actually going to write some material. I'm going to make sure that it's funny. I'll test it on some friends. I'll do some workshops. Then... Then maybe I'll go to a stand-up night because I'll feel like I earned it. I deserve it. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I also, also, frankly, I hate falling flat on my face and failing like a...
0: Yeah, you want to be prepared for war in, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It
1: gives you game face on. I certainly don't want to get up on stage and everyone's sitting there with crickets chirping in the background going, who the fuck is this guy? What's going on over here? Because yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah,
0: and it goes back to being real. And also, that, that connects with your punk rock roots, too. That's, that's true. That's what it's all about. And that's been embedded in you since you're a teenager. You just hammer it down.
1: I mean, you can you can fight who you are, which a lot of people do too, yes. or you can embrace who you are and enjoy that, and learn to find you know love and respect from others in that. I mean, I, I have to cherish the people I know because if it wasn't for those people like Lars and Trevor and yourself here, allowing these opportunities for me to share myself with other people, I'd be an introvert in many mm. ways. Yeah. I, I don't put myself out there i'm the worst self-promoter in the world like the worst
0: (laughs) tricky i had to learn a lot too like doing this i
1: still uh, i still am just (laughs) you know dabbling in that self-promotion and again that's part of the again part of that ego thing i I try not to be egotistical and i find that self-promotion is almost always Mm self-aggrandizing whether you mean it that way or not that's just the nature of it
0: yeah well, you, you do have a good little team like Lars and Trevor too, and Fantastic so even if guys. it's like maybe not wanting to put yourself out there is just like it's part of being Bob, you know, and yeah. what makes you Bob too, yeah. and like let them do it in that's, a way. Well, that's you know? it. I yeah. sort of have. I've yeah, been like, yeah. okay, guys, this is
1: your specialty. You guys are you guys are experts at this. So, yeah. you know, anything I can do to help, I'm there. I'll, I'll stand up for the photographs. I'll be and I'll do the Instagram thing, even though it 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 just drives me crazy. I took my first little photo today with, with, with uh, cat ears on. Yeah. You know
0: that little, you know that setting. Got the, got the filter. You glass. know, but it's funny. It's you to your first it. filter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, the
1: thing is, it's my angry face, you know, on the, on the go train with these stupid little ears. <laughs> and, and I looked at it together. and I'm like, actually, that's pretty fucking funny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, kind of enjoyed that despite how stupid it is, right?
0: Yeah, it's like kind of like a new age way of telling like different jokes with like different emojis and whatnot. It's and like, my girlfriend
1: you know, makes fun of me because I, I, used, I used to never get my photo taken. Absolutely hated it. And now that I'm doing the podcasting thing and I'm sort of a little more, I guess, a public figure, if you can use those words. Huge rabbit ears on that. But because of that, Lars and the boys are like, you have to take more photographs. You just have to. It's the way it is. Like, you're going to be in photos all the time now. So she teases me constantly for the fact that now I'm photographing myself. She's like, I thought you hated having your photo taken. You know, and I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, well like do, and she's like, Well, why do you take so many photos of yourself? And I'm like, like this, this is work. This is yeah, exactly. This is professional, this is not personal. Okay, just seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, that's cute, that's though. That's really cool. I actually uh, also wanna like I know the story, but I want you to tell the people how you met Lars, who is producing uh, the podcast, because I think this is awesome.
1: Okay, so this is one of actually one of my favorite stories of, yeah. of of recent years. So I was going through a transitional phase in my life and once again decided it was time to try some, you know, outside of the box things I hadn't done before. And things seemed to fall in line for me that way. I got an offer to participate in a play. Mm -hmm. I'd never done any live theater before. Don't have any experience in it. But I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Besides which, they sort of cherry picked me for the role. Yeah. The role was playing uh, Andre the Giant's character Fezzik in The Princess Bride. Yeah, of course. Right? And it's one of my favorite childhood films. <laughs> and as soon as the offer was, would you like to be in The Princess Bride? I was like, yes. Because I knew obviously who they wanted me to play. It was like, of course, I'll be in the, sh-, you know, sure. So I showed up, raw, didn't know anything, ended up getting the part, was like, okay, I got the part. Now what? You know? shit yeah I so i started going to these rehearsals and i met the rest of the cast and lars was playing miracle max and trevor of course being the suave handsome motherfucker that he is was uh playing the man in black and uh the two guys i was like you know these guys are actors they all know what, everyone in the cast was like consummate actors lots of parts knew what they were doing i walked in the very first rehearsal and said okay everyone my name's bob don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. And I'm like not a, not a clue. Don't, no, I know nothing about this at all. So you guys are gonna have to hold my hand, and we're gonna have to get through this together, okay? Because yeah, that's cool. And honestly, they jumped right out. I couldn't believe it. I've never felt more welcome and accepted into a, into a strange alien environment. And with hands-on help and a little bit of guidance, we aced it. It was one of the one of the most pleasurable experiences I've ever had. And going in front of this live audiences was not even remotely frightening because. I had great backup.
0: Yeah. It and it almost goes back to what you were talking about, like being prepared for yep, the moment. As that's well. right. Yeah. I knew it
1: was coming. Yeah. We worked the material. These guys were so open and accepting and so willing to help. And just to be there and sort of motor through it, right, that, you know, that was amazing. So we we were we were hanging out after one of the, uh, the rehearsals, just shooting the breeze, having a couple drinks at a local pub. And I was telling them some stories, you know, just about, yeah, I work in pubs and this is what I do and kind of a crazy drunk guy. I've had all these weird stories and all this crazy stuff and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure about that? Okay. You know, yeah. you see the skeptical face a little bit until... Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody's got a crazy story. And, and I was then like, you start telling. Yeah, everything. and then I was like, okay, guys, why don't you come out with me? We'll go out after this to another spot that I know and then to another spot. And, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning rolls around. We're still out at spots. <laughs> and both of them look at me and they're like, okay, we got to go get some sleep, but now we believe like, yeah, you know yeah. we've we're converts we understand like this is a real thing
0: it absolutely is and i'm like well yeah man it totally is yeah you're like kind of like the mayor of like all the rock clubs and shit around yeah. like, you could <laughs> just uh, go around start shaking it's hands right. and that's yeah. right
1: but it's more like it's more like more like you know with the big mac mayor from you know the old you old mcdonald's playlands or whatever like I'm, <laughs> I'm like the false mayor. i show up I'm like hello I don't want to wait in line because I bounced for 20 years. And the guy at the door was like, Bob, just shut up and go inside. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it was, it, and so they, they kicked off this idea of maybe doing a podcast about some of these stories and with the idea that it's sort of the, the Holy Grail or, or the playbook Bible for a possible television show. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Guy, that sounds amazing. I, again, don't have any idea how you would do that, but if you guys can make that happen, I am down 100%.
0: Yeah and it it's funny too as even like uh talking to Lars about it too he's it's like looking like your stories turned in like he thought it might be a few but it's turning into like this endless well mm-hmm. and even like he was saying with the live show to me it's just like uh how you guys would be talking about one thing and then somebody would mention something and then it would just spark a memory in you and yes. you just go off on this other tangent. Yeah. like, oh my fucking God. And that's like, the thing I have. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, I, you know, I don't remember half of the stuff I've done until, again, those key memories get clued. Someone's like, oh, I was at this cottage one time and this night I'm like, cottage? <laughs> I remember when, you know, like, and it's crazy because, again, the live off the floor setting within live audience. Yeah, yeah. The audience provokes just as much from me as I provoke from them. You know, some of our audience members have become little characters in their own, like Windy City Nick.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to a couple when and he was there, too. Yeah, yeah he, he-
1: And, you know, he. I, I don't know Nick all that well myself. In fact, I only know him through the podcasting. But I've, I've dubbed him Windy City Nick because every story he has starts, oh, there's this time in Chicago. <laughs> and there was this time in Chicago. And it's like... This guy obviously spent a lot of time doing stuff in Chicago. I don't know what, but he's now Windy City Nick as far as I'm concerned. And every time he puts up his hand to speak on one of the microphones, I'm like, hey, we got Windy City Nick in the house, you know?
0: Yeah, that's so cool, too. It's like kind of just sharing your story. is as, as like it's beyond like yourself. It's building like this little fun community. And yeah. like the few times I went to the show, too, it's like I seen like the same people there who are there every week. It's and, amazing. Yeah. It's a pretty
1: tight group. I mean, obviously, it's a fairly small viewership at this point because we're off the ground, grassroots. But at the same time, the crew of people that do listen are absolutely um, either close to me personally, or have become like a micro cadre in themselves. Yeah, right? Yeah. Another funny thing is our our number one sponsor fan came to one of our uh, our one of our recordings, but. I didn't know his full name. I just have a nickname. He works with me. I didn't know his full name. So we're talking about oh, online and who's who's there and how many viewerships we have. And this one guy's watched everything and done everything. And I'm like, wow. And Laura's like, I'd really like to meet our number one fan, this and that. And my other buddy goes, hey, that's uh, that's that's this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You, of course it is. Of course it is. We, we all call him Mick, but his name is actually Michael. Of course it is. But yeah, you know yeah. we didn't so I'm like uh Lars our number one fan is right here. Uh, here he's here, here he all the time but yeah. he's but he's,
0: he's a very vocal online and everything. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah but he's yeah. like
1: he's here at the taping. He's one of my friends. I didn't realize who it was, but here he is. <laughs> you know, and Lars was like crazy cuz again it's you know serendipitous, right? No idea how close knit a circle
0: you can create in situations like that, you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, and the vibe's infectious, too. It's like, it's a good time. Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: I mean, we do, we do you know, again, it's sort of the, it's the pub night kind of thing. Everyone's drinking and having a good time, and it's kind of like, as the night gets on, we get looser and looser and looser, right? Till eventually, by the end of it, it's like someone has to call it, like, okay, this yeah, is over this before. This is enough. <laughs> we'll do... <laughs> we've all reached point break. We're done for the week. We've, we've told too many stories, and now we're just m- muttering drunks, like, <laughs> you, yeah, you know? And it's like... Yeah,
0: and it's cool that you got the, the Q&A, which also... Incorporates more of that community feel with everybody. It almost feels like the audience is a part of the show as well.
1: I think that's what we were going for. Really, I mean, I think we really want the people who participate in listening to the show and watching the show to also be part of the show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: we all have that. You know, every single person has that. Oh man, I went out that night and I got this fucked up. Everybody has that story. Everybody, and I think that's a commonality we can sort of pass back and forth and share. Everyone likes to tell those stories, but the thing is, they often have a format where it's acceptable. It's like, oh, I don't want to tell grandma about that time I got really fucked up, but yeah. I want to tell somebody, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I'm a great guy to tell that story to because I'll listen with a smile on my face and be like, "Did I see you at that bar that night? Was that that was you? You know, or <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like, yeah, whatever." Yeah, you're somehow right?
0: involved in. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! And um, what's cool too is uh, when Lars was kind of telling me about like how the bigger picture of the podcast, like almost turning this into a television show or like a script or something. Yeah. At first he was thinking of just maybe sitting down with you and listening and writing down some stories, but then almost like having a moment where like, this is too gold. Like this needs to be recorded in a way. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what happened. The natural conversation. And now this has turned into like, almost a sub-piece to, like, the main, like, yeah, core of it's what its it was own pheno- about. It's Yeah, it's its own
1: phenomenon, absolutely. Yeah. It was a brainstorming session that suddenly turned into a live brainstorming session, which suddenly turned into, I don't know, a monster of its own. It's funny, because we just had our one-year sort of anniversary from when we first sat down and discussed the whole concept. And we had the same, we ended up sitting down in the same bar. And I didn't remember, I often don't, that... <laughs> One year ago, basically to the day, we have been sitting at almost the same table discussing starting this all off.
0: Wow. Wow. You know? you were at the same table, too? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I was looking at the... Well, the table we were sitting at was there, across from us. And I was sitting at this table, like, you know, this place looks really familiar. When was the last time I was here? And Trevor was like, well, actually, the last time we were here was one year ago when we started planning this whole thing. And I was like, what? Blow my mind, man. Awesome. And these guys, know. that's the thing. These guys are so organized. They know this shit. I don't even know what day it is half the time. It's like, oh, it's daytime? Oh, okay, back to sleep. Because I work nights, so days don't mean anything to me. When you work between Wednesday and Thursday, it's never Wednesday or Thursday. You know no. what I mean? It's 10 o'clock Wednesday night, or it's 5 a.m. Thursday morning, but it's neither, because you're never going to see either of those days. Mm-hmm. Lose track of the world really fast that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, too. It's like kind of... Uh... Going against the, the grain of a lot of people's schedules and stuff. and Yeah, even like I, I think um, the last couple of weekends I was trying to book you on a Saturday, which is no go for you. Oh, man. Saturdays is,
1: well, the thing is I work until like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But I start at 10 p.m. the day before.
0: That's a long shift.
1: That's a long yeah, shift. Yeah. So when I do finally get out of there, I mean, I stagger into the sunlight like, like a vampire. And the first thing I need is sleep. It's just like I'm so burnt from a 14-hour kind of shift. It's like I can't. I can't do anymore anything. Yeah, and it does. You know, it can can be a bit of a challenge though because there's a lot of life you miss.
0: You just miss because you're not part of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, like nothing's open like when you're like awake. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, It's the twin city concept. You know, every city has a dark twin, Mm -hmm. and the dark twin is always missing something. Like it doesn't have. You know, the nightlife has the party scene. It's got you know the, the, the drugs, the dating life, the whole whatever. The day scene has the productivity, making the money, getting shit done. And you kind of have to weigh the yin and the yang of that. How much of what do you need and how much of the other are you willing to sacrifice in order to keep that up?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So a lot of Mm -hmm. people can't work nights. They just can't. Mm -hmm. It blows their minds. It ruins their lives, you know. They just can't do it. I find it much more comfortable. I've always been a night creature, so I just find... <clears throat> the adaptation to working nothing but nights is not that difficult.
0: Yeah, 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 it uh, takes a special ty- type of person to do that. I feel like sometimes like I'd have like a night shift or just like party all night too and then the next couple days I'm just my my energy and my like sleep patterns are well, so the circadian thrown rhythm off. gets yeah, all screwed yeah. up. Do you have you found a rhythm that works for you or Like, how do you feel right now? This is the middle of the afternoon. Uh, Actually, because
1: I haven't done anything all week, really. This is fantastic. I have no problems. But uh, if I worked last night, I'd probably be a little bit blearier. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think I have a rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's that's part of it. (laughs) I'd never really have. I've I've also used to switch from days to nights. Mm -hmm. So I'd work night shift all weekend. And then Monday morning, I I was working construction all the time. And I still do sometimes. And I just... just flip it over and never really punished me that hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just kind of got that tolerance for it. Yeah, I, did, I don't know.
1: It took a long time to develop that, I guess, but I never noticed the evolution. It yeah. just, I slipped into it so naturally that I've never realized that I just sort of broken my circadian rhythm completely, like daytime, nighttime. I don't really care. I sleep whenever I'm tired, eat when I'm hungry, work when the work comes. Yeah, do what yeah. you got to do. I, I never thought about it. Whereas some people, I think they also because you think about time as being daytime, nighttime, work time, sleep time. It, it makes it impossible to switch mm. because you have it yeah. so hammered in your head. Well, it's daytime. I better be getting up and going to work. Whereas I'm like, oh, it's 10 in the morning. I have a quick breakfast and go to bed. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that kind yeah, of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true too. It's just like there's that mental layer of it. It's like when... Uh, most of society is like we okay now we need to be sleeping. Yeah, it's, it's like oh my god, it's almost three a.m. Even if you got nothing to do the next day, it's just yeah. like oh, I should go
1: to bed now. I, like, I have to go to sleep. Or yeah. I won't get my sleep tonight. Yeah. Well, okay, but if you have nothing to do tomorrow, I mean, nothing. Why not sleep? I, I, I don't or, know. Or
0: stay up if you feel like yeah. watching a couple more episodes or whatever. Rock or, it out. Yeah. You yeah.
1: know, listen to five more episodes of Drunken Disorderlies. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Nice plug. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And um, would you say like most of your stories come from like working in um, the the Uh, club industry and and and, like uh, venues and stuff like that? Do you have like a favorite venue you worked for in the favorite or like the wildest one where you'd see the Uh, the the weirdest shit? Well, the
1: wildest one is obvious. I mean, I started this career at a place called The Weave on Dundas and McCall, right across the street from the art gallery. And it was the first legalized rave bar in Canada. Whoa! What, what year is this? That was oh man, that's twenty years ago. Okay, almost. yeah, yeah, that's twenty years ago. So we're, you're looking at like just the beginning of two thousands.
0: Yeah, and for like um like the like you mentioned legal rave bar, so that means it's just allowed to be open all night and they're pretty. Well, they used
1: like, to the way, way it used to work is rave scene used to be exclusively <clears throat> in warehouse facilities. Yeah, you got to go to a forest yeah. somewhere. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sh- shady condo or um, loft apartment spaces, that kind of stuff. And they realized it was happening all over the city. So what the Weave did is they got it basically just, their bar got the liquor license and were allowed to just stay open all night as long as they stopped serving it too. So you could be open just not selling liquor, whereas before you'd actually get closed down after a certain point.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. I remember the government used to do this as well too. It's just like drinks are done and then obviously everybody's got like some pills in their pocket that's right and then uh i noticed um like a few times when i was there they catered to the people who were on like absolutely on shit, like but almost like in a good way like taking care of them there was like instead of people walking around with a bunch of like a plate of like cocktails or whatever there was a girl with a bucket with freezies like selling freezies. That's right and like i'm like oh yeah. this is pretty cool like as i'm I haven't been, like... Or really dove deep into that culture of that drug life beyond, like, dabbling shit. Sure, here. sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying, like, the weave was almost like... It was It was a bit tenure. underground. It wasn't... Because, yeah. again,
1: it was a small place. <laughs> but it was insane. It was always insane. I mean, we just had kids messed up all over the place every night, every time we were open. Yeah, yeah. Also a weird place because of what happened with management near the end of the, the tenure there. The guy that we were paying... Rent to sort of our boss, our owner, he disappeared.
0: <laughs>
1: when I mean disappeared, I mean he went to Africa on vacation, and literally never came back.
0: Oh, really? And we like, didn't hear anything. Just no goodbye. Nothing, no nothing. No,
1: okay. no call. No nothing. So the the, the paycheck stopped being paid.
0: Oh, fuck, and yeah.
1: the bills stopped getting paid, and so we started just running, opening the bar, and running straight from the cash. Whoa! Paying then, the employees and running, and then one evening. It was me and my manager, and we're running, and my buddy, we running the bar. This group of very serious Asian dudes came in and said to us, what are you doing here? <laughs> and uh, we said, well, we're just running the bar. And we're like, well, where's Tony? Another guy. Who's the guy who disappeared? Yeah. And we said, we haven't seen him in three weeks. We don't know where he is. No phone call, no nothing, no email, just vanished. And they're like, okay, well, what are you doing here? And we're like, well, I don't know what are you doing. We work here. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. And they're like, we own the building, and nobody's paid us in months. Oh, fuck. and you know these are pretty serious dudes, right? Yeah. We're yeah. like, uh, well, okay. Here's the tilt. Here's the money that we have for you guys. Or whatever. Like we've been, we've been, you know, we've been putting in the till. We've been, you know, earning the money for the bar, paying staff, and that's it. We're not taking profits home. It's all in the safe.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: since buddy's gone, it's all yours. And they're like, all right, well that's it. This is the last night. This place is done. That was Holy how it shit. closed, and that was how it closed. I, I
0: think that's cool that, like, you and the staff just kept the party going in a way. Well, yeah. and just, like, <laughs> what are you going to do? You, you guys were, like, kind of, like, divvying it out, paying yourselves. Yeah. and yeah.
1: Well, we it showed it up is. to work, and there's, like, well, we're all here. We got, we got the beer in the fridge. We got, you know, everything set up. We, you know, we're doing the beer runs. Everything's happening. We're making enough to pay staff plus whatever. We'll just wait till he gets back. And he just never got back. And I don't know yeah. what to this day, if the guy just vanished or got whacked or I don't know, he just disappeared. So
0: Shit. that was pretty wild. Yeah, that's that cool. That's a, that's a cool like little club story. Too. Yeah. And that's a, that's a club I never heard of too. Some Toronto history. Right? Yeah, man, that's the right. Weave. The Weave.
1: Weave. And I don't know how you pronounce it. It, had the we- it was weird, weird handwriting on the sign. So it could be the Weave or the Weave or what. And I don't care. People say it differently all the time. And the guys I do remember and know from back then, we're all, like, you know, sketchy DJs and, like, you know, par- <laughs> party kids and stuff. You know, you know, fun fur pants you could fly home on, that kind of thing. Yeah, like.
0: yeah. Yeah. Again, too, I keep thinking it's, like, it's so cool. Like, the staff just kept it going. And even, like, I noticed, like, with your personality, you're a type of guy who just kind of goes with the flow with things. Even, like, how, like, maybe this idea for... 39DD was going to turn into like a movie and now it's like a podcast it seems like it's just everything's like kind of like with you naturally flowing mm-hmm. and, and here's the thing I quote way too much on the show and other people's show it's like uh, the Bruce Lee like Be Water uh, yes have you heard absolutely that? Yeah, I yeah. have I remember that yes. I, don't, I don't remember where he
1: said it I don't remember when but yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean
0: shout outs to Erica as well this is her last week my producer she did a show and I quoted that on there. 100%. she just looked and smiled but yeah what? Be water, my friend. But, yeah, you're going with that, too. And that's, that's always, like, an interview that's always stuck with me, too. And I find, like, sometimes just going with the natural ways of how Flexibility, things, Yes, head. yes. I find, like, even, like, lots of, like, problems I've run into. It's, like, when I'm trying to, like, force a situation.
1: It's another analogy that always sticks with me. Yeah. It's like trying to keep sand in your fist. Mm-hmm. The harder you squeeze, the more kernels slip between your fingers. So mm-hmm. if you just kind of open your hand. Let what come come, you can hold a lot more sand. Ah. Yeah, you know, you can yeah, carry yeah. more. So I, I don't try and force things. I don't try and kick the can down the road myself. I let it roll. If I have to take personal initiative, of course I will. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. But I find in my life I'm not wanting for things because the universe provides. Yeah. Given true. enough given enough peace and, and tranquility, the universe will give me what I need. I may not live in a mansion, I may not have a billion you know, dollars in my pocket, but I'm not starving and I'm not unhappy. Yeah. And I think that's also part of it too, keeping your expectations realistic.
0: Yeah, you know what true, I mean? true.
1: Some people expect instant gratification, superstardom at, a, at the top of a hat. That's never going to happen.
0: It don't work that way in like you'll start projecting an image that's a poser, you know? <laughs> exactly. You full circle. Exactly. That's when you put the jacket <laughs> on yeah. but haven't earned it. You know, the guy yeah. dressed
1: in the entire Ferrari gear who still drives a, a Honda Accord, you know, it's yeah. like, come on,
0: man. And you're going to have a moment where you hit a wall, like come to the realization. And it's like, for some people, that's fucking dark. Live, you realize you're living a lie. And, it can crush people. Yeah. It
1: really can. I mean, I've seen it. With people, even that people that are close to me who I like, who have tried to live not just beyond their means, but, but beyond themselves, Yeah, And eventually you do, you hit that wall and it all falls apart. And if you don't have the ability to be water and just sort of let it happen, you break. I mean, you slam against that wall and you're instead, you're ceramic not water. And you're just chips and shards all over the ground. And that can be your life. And picking those pieces back up can be absolutely devastating for someone, especially if they've invested their entire life in being something that they're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many stories of like people, uh, Different artists too, getting famous, but it they were doing something that they were not, and then that becomes their image, and then, and then they they're have stuck a with it. in life, it's just like almost like uh, hit a wall of depression. Like this is not who I am. So I always, I always look, pity yeah, people yeah, like that because yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like pity is the wrong word. I I feel for them because I know enough about you know burning the candle at both ends and running hard with your eyes closed that. I know how easily it is to smash your face, and to realize, "Wow, this sucks," and I've fallen pretty far, and I need to dig myself out of this. And mm-hmm. if it's your entire life, that's a lot of shoveling. Yeah, I mean, you're—I yeah. mean, I couldn't imagine that. I've never done anything in my own life that I've invested so much in that if it broke, it would break me. Mm-hmm. You know, I invest enough to make it useful to make it enjoyable to make it successful, but I don't want anything, any one thing that I do to define me. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be very lonely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel you with that. would be I isolating feel, yeah. too because I'd be stuck
1: you know, having to be that poser and having to live that lifestyle. So, I mean, if all I was was a drunken party animal, that would be very isolating.
0: Mm-hmm. I would
1: only be able to deal with and to speak with and to relate to people in that world. And that would be a very lonely place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You get me thinking about too like a, a little bit of my journey with this podcast as well. Like, like a very long story short, prior to this I was doing like uh, – videography and different like media for all like these different like indie blogs and like companies right. and stuff but um doing the interviews it was never like always my voice maybe i get a couple questions in they're like you have to ask this and uh after like the camera would go off i said this like a million times on this show it's like that's when the the good stuff would come out i'd be like oh i wish this was the interview it's like i'm relaxed now and i'm talking to whoever the person is like myself yeah. asking genuine questions and um, that's one piece of, like, how I started the podcast. It's just uh, a piece of this recording equipment. I just f- called up the most interesting guy I knew in my circle. He met me in a park, and we just had a conversation. It kind of oh, snowballed. That's an amazing golden story. Just, and it's just, um, And it's so, like, connected to i don't know my personality and myself like nothing's forced with this even though it's growing and getting bigger too sure and it's it's something that just feels good like there's no regrets even when i have bumps in the road and that's right like i've had things like change like i had like a sponsorship and another studio space that got taken away from me and i'm like i'm just like again going with the flow i can keep this going did a couple uh Interviews at venues again, back to the park again. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden I found this lovely place, Talk you, and they've been keeping me. Yeah, this momentum. is a lovely little studio,
1: by the way. I don't know if you, I'm gonna plug your studio here for a second. I, I've never been down here to the stacked market before, but it is a really, really amazing little space that's going on here. I'm loving it sitting here in front of this nice window, watching the wintry day outside. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think more places like in the city need stuff and people like, like Talk you Like, this is such yeah. a it's almost like a hidden gem in a way because uh, oh, absolutely. Because um, you can record here for free. You get you can have like an hour a week, and um, basically, like I don't know, it's it's crazy to start up a project like a podcast. It's like say you have the idea, but equipment everything is so fucking expensive and say you went down that road you bought all this shit and then you realize it's not for you, like if you <laughs> yeah like you could easily like yeah, come, we, we come to talk to you and see if it's right for you that could well, be yeah. the wall that you ran into right there you bought yeah. all that shit and
1: you're like i got this i'm doing this and it's not for bang i just spent, yeah, yeah. i just spent you know twelve thousand dollars on equipment or something and yeah, and that's wow.
0: that's not even just podcasting, too. It's, like, different art forms. Like, mm-hmm. say, like music. Like, I see, like, somebody say, I'm going to be a producer, gets a crazy computer, or, like, I'm going to be a guitar player, guitar, amps, and stuff. And then just maybe the idea of being that sounds amazing. But, but the then doing when, it is much more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Eyes are bigger than your talent. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, that happens. That happens again. That happens to a lot of people. Actually, I remember when I was a teenager, I bought a guitar and an amp, thinking, of course, I'm going to be the next punk rock phenom. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Of, you know, and really all that I did was terrorize my neighbors. That was literally all that happened. They are like, I can play like two power chords, but I can play them really, really loud. <laughs> and you know aggressive. I mean? yeah. So yeah, my neighbors, that's all. They just got a, a horror show in two-chord punk rock for like, you know, a couple of years. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to hang this up and just, you know, I'm not that good. I can't. I can't pretend to be. I'm not going to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And sometimes you got to do that to like almost find yourself in a way, like go down all these different paths too. Well, it's a learning experience, right? You're never going to – Because again, like I said, I like to try things. Yeah. Because if
1: I didn't try it at least once, uh, how do I know if it's for me or if I even enjoy it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's
1: not everything obviously. Like I'm not going to jump off a bridge because I want to experience something, right? Like that's just (laughs) – That's idiotic obviously. But (laughs) creatively – Sorry, creatively – intellectually, I'm always
0: open to, to new experiences just because life's too short. Yeah, definitely. Like that's that's the places you're supposed to take risks and like from taking those risks too, um, you end up Almost finding the right way how to do things. Like if you fail doing it, but sometimes you'll take a risk and there be like a triumph moment. It's yeah, just like yeah, it's like I'm actually really exciting. good at this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. That's true, like, that's very true. I think that's art in general. When you start sh- like showing people your work, whether you're a painter or a musician, absolutely. Comedian, ex-
1: yeah, it's definitely something. the case for sure. For sure, in art school, you learn that really fast because it's like okay, well, Friday is bring your piece in and show it to the whole class day. And it's, do you enjoy doing that? Or is it like the most terrifying thing you've ever done? So if it's the most terrifying thing you've ever done, you probably need to take a break and think of what you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. Because if it's just,
1: if it's just constantly a source of, 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 you know, near heart shattering anxiety, you
0: probably need to relax. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Just take a little breather. I also find too, some people who are really good at what they do, um, they don't think they're as good as they are in a way where... That's lack of ego. Yeah. It's lack yeah. of ego. Lack and I know exactly e- what you they, mean. And they, they they, almost like the reason why they're so good, it's like um, it's because they care so much about it. Well, which also, makes it, yeah. Also, it's never good
1: enough. Yeah, they're, Yeah. They're, yeah.
0: They don't think of themselves as having that
1: master skill, even if they do. So they're constantly working towards having a master skill, even mm-hmm. if they already do. And that humble approach to it. I mean, it's kind of funny sometimes. Like again, I've met people who are just such extraordinary talents at what they do and yet they're like, Oh, you know, I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, for someone who's trying to do what they're amazing at, it's <laughs> not to rip your fucking hair out at the roots. You're like, What do you mean you're okay? You're utterly phenomenal at this. Like, someone should put you on a pedestal and give you some awards. are like, No, I'm just okay.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even um right now I film a lot in the battle rap community. I yeah. film for this league called King of the Dot and the best guys are like that, they'll yeah. they'll fucking rock a cr- room, like destroy their opponent, and then they're like backstage, just like kind of. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? It's like, oh, this is one part I fucking fumbled this word, and they're like so in their head. And again, and it's like, oh man, like you just like brought you so much this. entertainment. Like you, we had like a, like a couple times we were at the opera house. It got sold out a few times, and like I'm like, you just fucking rock this building. And like
1: the opera is a big venue. I worked there for yeah, yeah, for six years, hundred,
0: and fucking. And but then on the other side of the coin, there's like the people like the lowest tier or whatever. They're walking around like oh, I'm the fucking best, and it's like. Almost in a way, they stifle themselves. That's right. You got to find like some happy middle. in Yeah, there's going to be a a place
1: where there's room for improvement, but you still have respect for yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you can find, I think if you can find that balance where it's like, I know I can do better, but I'm okay, or I'm pretty good, you can balance that. You know, ego versus talent. Yeah. If you have no talent and all ego, frankly, you're just an asshole. (laughs) I mean, that's it. Frankly, you're just an asshole. Fags. But if if you have You know, too much talent and absolutely no ego, you actually sell yourself short. Like, you'll be that guy that should be selling paintings and isn't. Mm -hmm. Or that rap artist that should be congratulating themselves now and again. You you shouldn't be depressed when you make a mistake, especially if you have some talent. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And a lot of people are. Yeah. And um, I I feel like I more like fall into that category where sometimes I'll get too much in my head about something... I'll, I'll do something good, and then it's just like I just start thinking, oh, it could have been better this way, that yep. way, this way. And a lot of it, too, is even with the show, too, and it's, like, growing and, like, some behind-the-scenes thing. I, I can't spoil right now. Some exciting stuff is happening to get some incredible guests and – I'm not like taking moments to like breathe and celebrate in a way. Like sometimes it's just like and maybe you awesome. should. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to come to terms with that more. Like that's been something on my mind in the last couple of weeks. Just you know, like, what? I have a very love. A I have minute. a very love hate relationship
1: with yeah. my creative career in general. Yeah. I mean, times I have been really pleased with myself. I played in punk bands that sold out the opera house. I've, I've, I have I've curated art shows that did really well. I have been in things that did really well, but I'm always the one that's like, okay. Get this piece away from me. It's done now. Take it before I start hating it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like this paint. I give my paintings to friends. As soon as they're done, things like that. I'm like, take this away. Because if it, if it sits on my, my easel or sits in my studio for too long, I will start to hate it. I'll see the little things that are wrong with it no one else can see. Oh. And I'll nitpick it until I hate it. Yeah, especially
0: you spend so much time. And in- that's
1: it. You, again, you, you're so invested both emotionally and physically and so much time that you can easily, easily start to hate your own creations. Yeah. Because you're the only person that knows the depth of what you were intending and you may have just missed it by a millimeter. Yeah. You know, everyone else is like, wow, it was fantastic. But I'm like, no, nah, you know, yeah. I, I missed it. I wasn't quite there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get and that's the thing, you can get way too far into your own head that way. Mm-hmm. So if you are doing well and things are on the up and up and they're positive, it's really important to sit back sometimes, you know, crack a frosty one and think to yourself, Yeah, yeah, I fucking did that. And that's it's all right to be like Cheers to me. I did that because you know what? Those little successes and those little buoying moments when you see to yourself, Booyaka, it's me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did
1: this. Keeps you going.
0: Yeah, you when can almost you have get a, like a burst
1: of energy. Yeah, And there. when you have those really shitty times and you do actually fuck something up or something gets taken away from you or something, you know, you fall flat on your face, to look back and remember those little moments of, yeah, I did this. I'm okay. I did this. It can really be an, a, an emotionally and spiritually buoying factor. It can hold mm. you up. Yeah. Keep your head above it. water, you know? That's very important, too, not to let your internal monologue keep you from, you know, functionally achieving.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you'll build a false narrative. I'm Absolutely. The, I'm the king of the false narrative, you know? I'm pretty bad, too. Yeah. I know exactly if what you mean. It usually happens when I'm tired, too. It'll be, like, late at night. It's just, like, I don't know what it is. It's just you thinking straight. That's It's you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's
1: classic. I mean, think about it. every... Every like Woody Allen movie ever made, you know, middle of the night sitting there, oh, man, what do I do? How do I help myself? I hate myself. Uh, you know, that's such an old and ancient uh, trope or synonym with human behavior. Yeah, yeah. You know, in those moments of quiet introspection, if you're not careful to count your blessings, you are certainly going to count your sins. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, certainly it's going true. To. It's and true. It's easy in the dark and night when you have, you know, those quiet times. There's no one around you to give you a pat on the back and say, hey, you're doing all right. To get really deep into your own bullshit and just be like, oh, I'm a total fuck up. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and it, it just snowballs, right? Like you start with one little, I could have done that better. And then it's like, could have done this better. And then it's like, I'm an ugly, horrible person. And nobody likes me, right? But by mm-hmm. the end, you know, you're sitting naked in the bathtub with a tub of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, having a moment. So yeah,
0: it's really important to have some perspective yeah, yeah. on that too, right? Yeah, true. And like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Sometimes I'll have like the opposite, like just some... Like to start this year, I had like a couple or like a really bad month. But one day, and it kind of was like snapped me out of it too. It was a day just like everything was going wrong, like layers of things that yeah. I, I couldn't fix. But then I came to terms, there's nothing I can do about this right now. That's and, liberating. I, and it almost went to like an extreme on the other side where my brain's like, you know what? Life is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm like, there's, and I'm thinking of like the whole narrative. I'm like, there's, Like around the corner, things are gonna be okay, and there's like a little story going in of how like weird like the layers of the bad happen, and it almost like made me feel like powerful, like like almost dominating, like laughing about it too. You know what
1: that is? What's the term for that? If you if you sometimes the release of all that tension, like just accept. You know, I'm a total fuck-up today. Yeah, it's like
0: just breathing for the first time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> once, you, once you drop the the load, you're like, I've been carrying this load because I feel like a total fuck-up. Then you are like, accept it, like, well, I can't do anything about it. You just drop the load, Yeah, and you stand tall, and you're like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I did that. It's
1: great. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I don't care. Fuck it, yeah. I'm done. We're I'm moving on. We're moving on. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Keep on trucking. We're just walking yeah, on. I already forgot about it. <laughs> All right? Yeah. 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 No, it's true. I know exactly what you mean. I've had those moments, too, where it's like I just... I realized wow this is this is all fucked and I can't do anything about it. So maybe I should just stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop caring about it, and just carry on with my life and like fuck whatever. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, since there was nothing I could do about it anyway, I am certainly not going to stress myself out now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I want to say too, I love this talk. I um you ever like go into a situation you think it's going to be one thing, it turns into another thing? I thought we were going to start talking about drunk stories and stuff. But you know what? I prefer this on this platform, like what Absolutely. we're doing right now. And if they want to hear like all your crazy shit, they can go to 39 Drunk and Absolutely. And there's like, how, how Man many? Man of Many Faces. We yeah. have
1: 31 episodes up right yeah. now, and uh, we're filming the 32nd on Monday. So there's more content coming, ladies and gents. We had a bit of a break because one of our. Our producer's had a, an unfortunate family situation he had to deal with, and so he's been off for a while. But we've managed to organize
0: some things, and we're going to be back in action on Monday. Cool, so, cool. And are you guys ending it at 39? You know, we've had some discussions about that. and Because uh, that was the original plan, right? That yeah. was
1: the original plan, although to be perfectly honest with you, probably not. And Good. the reason for it is we've had some, we had some ideas for some format changes and some, you know, we'd, I'd like to do more interviews yeah, yeah. with other people. And talk to them about their stories. Yeah. Because I've, you know, I can expound until I'm literally blue in the face on all the idiotic, stupid things I've done. But I know so many people, both in the industry and out of the industry, that have such fascinating lives as well. I'd like to sit down with some of them and have conversations. I'd like to do some more of that. But, uh, no, frankly, as long as they're willing to stick a camera and a microphone in my face... Yeah. I mean, worst comes to worst, I will make up stories for you people. Like that's going will take like you know a thousand and thirty-nine. Right. Right. Yeah. One, one million one hundred and thirty-nine. We <laughs> can just later. This, this, this like, man's crazy. <laughs> I, I will go. I will go out and get like you know. Drink an entire bottle of cooking sherry just to get one more episode out of this. You know what I mean? Like, because I just
0: love the process so much. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. How therapeutic is like doing podcasting too? There's just something. It just feels so good. It does,
1: especially the content that I'm sharing. A lot of these stories, for example, now that they're out in the world, like my family has no idea how much of a party maniac I was. No clue because I compartmentalized my life. Yeah, yeah. So. At first, it was kind of scary to be like, well, I'm going to tell a really embarrassing story about getting arrested and being naked in public. And then I did, and I was like, it's actually kind of liberating <laughs> you know, now it's out there. It's just in the world. Like... Yeah, it's almost like what we
0: were talking about. It's like, yep, that happened. That's right. It's like almost not a seed in your head as a bad thing, maybe if it was before. Now it's like, I turn this into entertainment. People are enjoying this. There's like, there might be a moral to these stories. There's different things. Again, it's therapeutic
1: too, because a lot of those times that I was having, you know, where there was some funniness going on, it was also really dark. So personally, it was a dark time, and that was hard. And those hard and dark times are difficult to talk about in the moment. But 10 years, 20 years down the road, if they can be fodder for
0: entertainment, why not share it? Besides, get it off your chest. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a beautiful note to end off on. But Bob, thank you so much for sitting down with me. So thank you. Yeah, we're great. We're going to have to do a part two because I feel oh, like yeah. I could talk to you forever. Like, oh, definitely.
1: I'm down. I'm down.
0: All right. Cool, cool. So we'll catch up with you again soon.
1: Thanks a lot. Pictures.